Well, how many of you live in what I would classify a lived-in home? A lived-in home. All right. You giggle because you probably um, are thinking, yeah, I've got my laundry still out, a couple dishes still out. Um, the, the dog did something in the living room, and I still don't know how to get that thing potty trained. Anybody can relate? Uh, welcome to my house. But it's lived in because it's my house, Rachel's house. It's my kid's house. It's my dog's house. It's my house. But then something triggers inside the mind of my wife, myself, not my kids, when somebody is invited over to my house. All of a sudden, the lived-in house, and by the way, I have to preface this um, because my wife will come up after me and says, um, make sure you tell them it's not dirty. My house is clean. It's just what? Lived in. Thank you very, very much. Okay, so, but when a guest is invited over, somebody comes by, um, it's one of these moments, there's this trigger that goes off in our minds. It's like, this is no longer my house, but it's the house that I'm hosting the guests that are coming over. Anybody go into super clean, um, uh, like, mode when somebody starts coming over? Anybody? All right, welcome. Welcome to Catalyst Church. We have lived in homes around here. And the reason why is because it's my house again. It's the house that we live in that we call it our home. Literally, if somebody walks in or knocks on the door and says, could I come in and have a conversation? The conversation will almost always be moved to the porch. The porch, we, we call it porch talk. If you needed to talk, we are on the porch. Why? Because it will take us maybe 10 or 15 minutes to put stuff away. I mention all that to, to say today we're going to be talking about the return of Jesus to his home, to his world to this home that he calls that you and I are responsible for keeping up. My encouragement to you today is we enter a place where we know that Jesus could come back at any time. But, but I'm, I'm honestly worried about the Christianity with inside this American world that we live in because I don't think we really think that Jesus is coming back. It's been 2,000 years, and we're like, he hasn't come back yet, so is he going to come back now? And the answer is, could be. He could come back today, but are you ready? Today and next Sunday, we're going to be encouraging you to stay ready, to keep your light on, to stay awake. Because if not, there are some things that I'm worried about with our soul. Why? Because if we are his servants, and he comes back, and we as servants aren't taking care of his property, the world that he died for, there's going to be some consequences from there. And we'll talk about that even more next week. But this week, we're going to be talking about being ready. Let me read a verse to you that might help us to see that Jesus could come back even more today than he could even in like five, six, seven years ago. It's found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 1 through 5. Maybe you can relate to this. And it says this, mark this. In other words, pay attention, write this down, mark this. There will be what? Terrible times in the what? Last days. The last days basically is from the time Jesus ascended into heaven to now is technically the last days, but it's going to get worser and worser and what? Worser. Okay, all right. All right. People be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Does this sound like today? Does this sound like today? Does this sound like your life? 
And this is what I'm worried about. is because we've noticed this over COVID happened and the political craziness of 2000, whatever that was. I want to try to forget about that. During that time, people took sides, and they were not lovers of others. They were lovers of themselves. How could I get ahead during this time? How could I protect myself? And just everybody went cuckoo crazy. So as things start coming back again, whether it's a sickness, a pandemic, or another election, we need to be ready that this is not us, but that this is a sign of the time that Jesus is coming back soon. And as we're preparing ourselves, looking out, may it be that when Jesus comes back, and it could be after this service, it could be right now, it could be a hundred years, oh Lord, please may it not be a hundred years from now, come back soon. But may it be said that you and I don't look like this when he comes back. Because if we do, according to scripture, has have nothing to do with these people. It could be said that Jesus won't have anything to do with you if you're this way when he comes back because it's very high possibility that you weren't a believer in Jesus Christ truly. So that is my prayer. So today we're going to, I'm going to pray in a second, but today we're going to be talking about these last days and how and what it looks like to be prepared for Jesus' return. And I want to issue this challenge to you. Pay attention. Wake up. Because if you are not, you're going to miss some tips today that Jesus himself is going to be looking for when he returns to those who truly believe in him. So the word for today is eschatology. Everybody say eschatology. Eschatology. Eschatology is the study of the end times. And today's topic is simply this. Life is more than eschatology. Because before I pray, here's the truth. Many people look at YouTube, look at Facebook, look at Instagram, look at little shorts on. Everybody is saying, is like freaking out about a little hint of Jesus' return. And he, there's hints happening. But people are freaking out. They're worrying. They're like, some people are stopping working because they think Jesus is coming back like yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you that we need to, as Jesus is about to say here, is wake up, be ready, but just be the servant of Jesus Christ on an everyday basis. And when he comes, you will be ready. There's no need to worry about the when, how, and what season Jesus is coming back. All we're called to do is be ready. So, this is where the topic for today is life is more than the worry, the, the, the debating about what the end time is. This is what all the debaters agree on. Jesus is coming, what? Back. And he's coming soon. So, may it be said today that no matter what side of the equation that you're on with the study of the end times, we can all agree on that one statement. Jesus is coming back. Can I get an amen? Lord, please come back even before the end of this sermon. But while we're preparing this sermon, as we're learning your word, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will help us today to wake up, keep our lights on, so that the glory of you can shine throughout all humanity. It may be said of us, well done, good and faithful servant, when you return. I pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Turn with me to Luke chapter 12. We're going through the book of Luke. Um, we're going to start in verse 35. And we have these journals that if you look around, most people have. And if not, they need to be bringing it every single Sunday. And if you don't have one, you're visiting with us, or you don't have one of my, your own, Tim, my friend Tim, is going to pass them out. They're free. Bring them back every week. And by the way, if we ever have a sermon that we don't preach through the book of Luke, which is very, very unlikely, you still have it with you. So raise your hand if you need a Luke journal. A couple over there. Um, you saw some back there. All right, so keep your hand raised. My, Tim, my friend Tim will come by and give it to you. Um, all right, verse 35. Are you guys ready? 
Are you guys ready? All right, get your pen, highlighter, mascara ready to go. All right, verse 35 is extremely important. We're going to read it all. We're going to stop at verse 40. Then we're going to come back next week and talk about verse 41. Originally, this was going to be one sermon. Well, Holy Spirit led us to be, let's just concentrate on these five verses because the next verses have its own challenge as well. You ready? 35. Stay. Got it? That one word is the crux of everything else. Stay means remain consistent. Stay what? Dress for action. We'll get to what that means in a second. And what's the next word? Keep. Circle stay and circle keep. Stay dressed. Remain consistent in your dressing for action. And keep your lamps what? burning or lit. Verse 35, circle that, underline that. And if you are a memorizer of the Bible, which we pray that you are, verse 35 should be a verse that you should memorize. And then he's going to illustrate what he means. And be like a man, a person who is waiting for their who? Master. They're waiting They're waiting. This is an anticipation waiting for their master. Why? Because they're dressed for action and they're keeping their lamp what? Burning. So wait for your master to come home from a wedding feast. Why? So that they might what? Open the door for him. Next two words are very important. Circle this. At once. At once. So it says, stay ready for action. Keep your light burning. Wait for your master to come home. He's at a wedding feast. Why do you stay dressed for action and with your light on? So that you may open the door for him at once when he comes and knocks. I love the word when. That means it's going to what? It's going to happen. And verse 37 is a really unique and awesome and encouraging statement, but it's bewildering of our hearts because we're used to the master serving the, uh, the servant serving the master, we see in verse 37 is when he comes, there's going to be a reversal of this because he loves his servants. And it says, blessed are those servants whom the master finds what? When the master comes back, we know this is Jesus, when Jesus comes back and he finds them awake, his servants, when he comes back, truly, this is an emphatic statement saying, this is going to happen, I say to you. He, the master, will dress himself for service, and he will recline them, the servants, at the table, and he will come and what? Serve them. We just see the heartbeat of Jesus Christ, that he is a servant, even until he comes back to his servants who loves us, or that he loves deeply. And then he says in verse 38, If he comes in the second watch or the third and finds them what? Awake. Blessed are those servants. Verse 39. But know this, that if the master of the house had had known what hour the thief was going to come, he would not have left his house to be broken into. We'll talk about that in a second. Verse 40. Verse 40, verse 35. Know this. You also must be what? You must also be what? You must also be what? Everybody say ready. All right. Every one of us must be ready for the Son of Man is, not might, is coming at an hour you do not what? Expect. Oh, I'm just going to pause right here, go into teaching this a little bit. We don't know when, so stop worrying about the when. Got it? We don't know when, so stop worrying about the what? All our job is to stay what? We could just leave right now. That's the sermon. Be ready. Jesus is coming back. You don't know when, just stay ready. But we want to teach this. So at the very beginning, it says, stay dressed for action, which means in the original language, gird up your loins. Today, it might be Keep your shoes on. Keep your clothes on. Be ready to go out. Um, I don't know about you, but my home, we have a place for our shoes, which sometimes it's all over the house, and my wife is like, 
David, Ethan, and putting the shoes away. Because there's a place for our shoes. Why? So that if we need to rush out, there's shoes next to the door. Let me, I'm just curious. Question. How many of you have flip-flops next to your door so you can be ready for action? Raise your hand. All right, so why? Because they're quick to put on. So this passage is not saying keep your flip-flops on next to the front door so that if somebody comes, you can go outside. No, it's keep it on. Be ready at all times so that when somebody, Jesus, knocks at the door, when he comes back, we're ready to open the door for him. This is a picture that I found online, which kind of means gird up your loins. So they have these little dress things on um, at all times. I don't know about you, but ladies, I don't know how you can walk in those dresses. See, you walk like penguins or something like this. Why? Because there's hindrances for you from going. All right? So what does it say? This is, this is how you gird up your loins. All right? So instead of being like this, be like this, how do you do it? You lift up your skirt thingy, you pull out front, you put it underneath your legs, you tie it around you, and it turns into a pair of shorts. And what he's basically saying, Jesus is basically saying is, keep your clothes on, keep your shoes on, gird up your loins for what? For what say? For what? For action. And what is the action in this passage? We have one action, and what is that action? Be ready, yes, but what is the action? What'd you say? Open the door. That's it. All our job is to be ready so that when the master comes, we can be like, come on, Lord Jesus, welcome back home. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Christianity is not complicated. How do we keep ready? Love God and love others. Really, that is as simple as it can be. Which results in this. We see this in Hebrews chapter 9. Oh, I, if you're doing our Bible reading plan, you read this. And I'm telling you what, this was like, this was to the heart of, of my soul and hopefully to yours. Hebrews chapter 9, it says this. And just as it is appointed for man to die, what? Once. And after that comes the, what? Judgment. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sin of many, Will, will what? Will peer a what? He's going to come back. He's going to come back a second time. Not to deal with sin. So I'm going to pause. You're going to listen to me. He ain't going to come back to forgive your sins. He's already done that. He's going to come back to judge those and, watch this, but to save those who are what? That are what? Eagerly. Eagerly. It's like, Jesus is coming back. I'm going to gird up my loins, keep my shoes on, keep my clothes on. When is he coming back? When is he coming back? When is he coming back? That's what it's talking about. Eagerly, what? Waiting for him. So that means waiting means he's staying what? Awake. Oh. Is that you? Is that me? I have to think. I mean, this whole week, I prepare my sermons on Monday, so I have all week to meditate on this. And every time it's just like... Am I, am, I, am I ready? Am I, yes, the pastor of the church, am I ready for Jesus' return? And the answer is, I hope so. It may be the case for you and for me that our sins are forgiven through Jesus Christ. And the hope so is like, yes, he's coming back and thank God for his, as we sung earlier, for his grace and his mercy. Oh, church, are you eagerly waiting for him? by being dressed for action, but also are we keeping, remaining, keeping your lamps burning? And I love what it says this in, in okay, let me just do lamps. So lamps, the reason why lamps, of course, is light allows you to what? Ah, story. Sometimes my kids leave the lights on um, in the living room. My bedroom, where you live in a, like a shotgun house, it's a small house. Living room is next to the bedroom. And my, sometimes my kid leaves the light on. And let's just say we're getting older in age. So someone who sleeps in the bed with me, my wife, sometimes has to wake up and opens the door. The door doesn't necessarily um, wake me up. What wakes me up? The light. The light 
wakes me up so that it's like it's daytime, 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 because my kids don't turn off the light. It's the same thing with the light. If we keep the light on, we'll constantly think that Jesus is coming back. It allows us to stay warm so we can stay away. Um, a light, the light allows others to see um, that we are in action. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. Light allows the master to see who is welcome and expected. Kind of like during Halloween, what do you keep on if you want to pass out candy? The porch light. You keep the porch light on, then the kids can come and get diabetes after this, okay? <laughs> so, but, but in all seriousness, we keep the lights on because somebody is home. May it be the case for you and for me that we stay awake, have our loins, gird up our loins, and be ready to, to serve. And Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 kind of summarizes the entire thing the same way. Let your light shine before who? Others. So that they may see the good works and give glory to God, to, to give glory to your Father who is in heaven. We keep the lights burning for others as well. Okay, so what does this mean for us? Let, let's just, so it's, it's kind of a simple sermon, right? Jesus is coming back. Stay awake. Be ready for his return. Keep the lights on. But the question is how? Because, trust me, 2,000 years have passed and Jesus has not returned yet. But he will. What do we do with anticipation for that? I'll give you a couple things. Why do we stay dressed and keep our lamps burning? Number one is this. Nobody knows when Jesus will return. Just nobody knows. We just need to stay ready, stay awake, be prepared for his return. That's what it says in Luke chapter 12. If he comes in the second watch or the third watch and finds us awake, we're blessed. And then it en ends with, for the Son of Man is coming when an hour that we do not even expect. So it says the second and third watch. What does that mean? Well, in Jewish customs, there were three watches. The first watch was from sunset, 6 p.m. a little bit, to 10 p.m., midnight-ish a little bit. So that was the first watch. So in this passage, it says that the, the master is going to a wedding. How many guys have just stayed at a wedding the entire time? Like you, you're the dancer that gets jiggy with it all the way to the very end. How many guys are that people? Okay. You're, you know that that wedding is not going to be over by 10 p.m., correct? It's going to be 1, 2, or 3 o'clock. That's the, that's the wedding the master is going to. It's a festival. It's a feast. So he's going away. We know it's, he's not coming back in the first, first watch, a.k.a. he has not come back what? Yet. He has not come back yet. But as we're seeing things getting worse and worse and worse, it's like, ooh, it's getting later. He could be coming back. To the second or third watch, he says. Notice it's second or third. We just don't know when. Our job is to stay what? Stay awake. So in Jewish custom, it's the, from midnight to 10 o'clock to 2 p.m. And then from 2 a.m. To, to sunrise was roughly it. So the Amplified Version kind of summarized it a little bit. It says this in Luke chapter 12, verse 34. It says this. Whenever he comes in the second watch before what? before midnight, or even the third watch, what? After midnight, listen. And finds them so prepared and ready. Blessed are those servants. So let's, let's, we live in America, so the whole answer will probably be yes. How many of you want to be blessed by Jesus? Raise your hand. All right. I do too. I do too. So how are we blessed? It's simply, be ready whenever he's he comes back. So the master of the wedding doesn't even know when he's coming back. And this is, who's the master of the wedding in this analogy? Jesus. So listen to me. This is about to be a mystery that should probably blow your mind. All right? It's a theological truth that should blow your mind. You ready for it? All right. Jesus, God, does not know when he will return. Matthew chapter 24, verse 36, it says, But concerning that day and that hour, 
no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the who, nor the son, but the father only. I can just imagine. I can just imagine. I mean, this is just my weird thinking. So you got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy the Spirit. They're all God. But they have their, their personality. They have their persons. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Son does not know when he's going to be sent. But he loves you. He wants to come back. As soon as God the Father says, Jesus, go. The trumpets will sound. Jesus will turn with a multitude of angels coming after you. He doesn't even know when. So do you think these weird preachers that say, he's coming back tomorrow morning at 5.52 a.m. Run from those people, please. Watch this. Think, so God is all-knowing. God the Father, they're all-knowing. Listen, listen, listen. Even if, let's just say Demiris, and by the way, happy birthday, Demiris, all right? So Demiris, on his birthday, he prophesied that today, on September the 10th, 2023, Jesus is going to come back. I got a vision from God. Even if God had planned that date, he would move it to the 11th. Why? Because nobody knows. But of course, God already knows that nobody's going to be thinking about this date, so He's coming back when nobody knows. So please hear me. This is a huge warning for us. The warning is this. If you hear somebody say when Jesus is going to return, they are a liar. They're a liar. And even antichrist. And you should, and you must know, it will never be the day they say because the master himself doesn't even know when he's going to come back. So be very weary of those preachers. And here's your permission. If this preacher ever says a specific day or time, you can get stoned and stone me. Can I get an amen? Why was that so emphatic? I don't know. All right. In all seriousness, you don't know when. Jesus does not know when. God the Father knows when. And he knows the perfect timing to, for to send Jesus back. Our job is to not worry about eschatology. We can study it. We can perceive it. We can have the mysteries of it. Absolutely. But this is the mystery. So let it be a mystery. And while the mystery is heavy on our heart, be awake, be ready, and constantly be prepared. So how can we be prepared, you might ask. Well, here's a couple thoughts for you. Be prepared that Jesus' return could be at any moment. Do you believe it could be at any moment? I mean, do you really believe it? How many guys think you like believe it's, it Jesus' return could be any moment? Raise your hand. All right. It's not very proof text on Facebook. So this is, uh, so I posted something yesterday, and by, maybe I'm going to extend grace to all of you Facebook like um, addicted people, all right? Whenever I post a um, cats are from the devil, I get like 700 comments in, in, the, in the comments. Why? They, you see it, and then you comment. Yesterday, I asked this simple question. Joe, go ahead and put that up. I asked this simple question. If you knew Jesus was coming back Monday at noon, what would you do or, what would you do or not do before then? This is for everyone. We're going to talk about it Sunday. Five comments. Five comments. Why? Because it is a true thought-provoking question. How many guys actually saw the post? Okay. Way more than five. The reason why there are only five comments was because it is truly something that we should be thinking about, but we're not. We're thinking about this earthly season. We're, we're, we're worried about what we're going to eat for lunch. We're going to be worried that we only got five hours of sleep last night. We're going to be worried about our job, our kids, our kids in college, whatever your worries might be. But listen, Jesus is coming back. This question should be on our hearts and minds every moment of our life because it could be any moment. So what should we do? What should we do with this? We should know 
We should know that we know that we know that we belong to the master. We must know that we belong to the master. How do you know if you belong to the master? Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, because if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is what? Not master, exactly. Not one of these that Jesus is the religion I follow for that season of my life. Not um, that I confess with my mouth that I prayed a prayer when I was in, in, in Sunday school. Or I confess with my mouth here at Catalyst Church, but out there, no. This is the emphatic, Jesus is Lord and he drives my life. He is master, not just a religious person, not just a, I show up at church, he's my master today, but when I go out, my master is whoever or whatever um, I get to serve out there. Jesus is what? Lord. And believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. For it is with the heart that one believes and is justified, made right, and with the mouth, confession, and is saved. So what should we do on an everyday basis? How do we stay prepared and ready? Here, examine yourself to see if you are in faith. Test yourself. Do, do you not realize that, that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you have failed the test? So how do you know if Jesus is Lord? So listen, Jesus is coming back. For those of us who are his servants, Jesus is Lord, resulting in we need to constantly, 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 and when Larry preaches, he continues to say this, we need to preach the gospel to ourselves daily to examine ourselves to see if that we're in the faith and if we pass the test. So here's a couple tests for you. Here's a couple tests for you. Test one. Who is the master of your life, really? I mean, I mean, just think about this. Who is the master? And I know in America we're like, uh, I don't know who's my master. Who runs your life? If you say yourself, be careful. If you say your wife, be careful. If you say your husband, be what? Is it your job? Is it your kids? Is it your money or your lack of money? Is it your doubt? Is it your fear? Is it your anxiety? Who runs your life? Whoever that is, is Lord. But if it's Jesus, the second part of the test is, what fruit are you bearing? This is called transformation. So if you come to know Jesus, you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and he starts working out some junk in your life. If you read in, um, in, in your homework at John, John chapter 15, 1 through 10, if you read that, you will see that the fruit of Jesus as Lord will be much fruit. Another test is, are you truly obeying the word um, of the master? How many times do we say around here, get into the Bible? Right? Do you realize that getting into the word, getting into the Bible, is preparation for Jesus' return? Because if you're in the word, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. He is Master and Lord. You will do what it says. Scripture also says a time of ignorance is now over. So for those of you who are in the Word, be in the Word. That's a test. Are you, listen, here's a test. Do you desire to read your Bible and to do what it says? Don't answer yes or no yet. If you do in a way of bearing fruit because Jesus is Master, then most likely you're saved. But if, there is, if there's like no desire for the Bible, you open up and say, what is this? That's a test to perceive that you might not be saved. And this has nothing to do with reading ability. This has everything to do with desire of the word of the master. Are you still practicing the same sense? Let's be real. Many times people say, I'm going to come to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to believe. And you still live in the same lifestyle that you lived in. Most likely you're not saved. Why? Because Scripture says if you continue to practice those, you're not in Christ. Now, I'm not saying you, let's just say, pornography. It's not like, oops, I looked at porn. I'm not saved. No, you can't lose that. You can't lose something that, that God has given you. 
But I'm letting you know, if there's a practice of sexual immorality, you have to question that if you're in Christ already. And I'm not saying oopses. All right? And then the last one, whose glory are you about? Are you about yourself? Are you about your name? Are you about your Instagram perfect posts? Whose glory? If I looked at your Facebook, you looked at your Facebook, who would you be glorifying on your Facebook? So that's number one. We need to be prepared, be prepared, be prepared to know that if we are truly in Christ Jesus. We also need to be prepared by uh, staying dressed for action. We, we looked at this. How does this look like? So if Jesus was to come, let's just say this is possible. It's not possible, but play my game. All right. All of a sudden, trumpets blow. Jesus comes down, like it says in um, Matthew chapter 28, in the clouds. He comes down, and he comes to your door, and he knocks on your door. And instead of opening the door quickly, we're like, hold on a second, Jesus. Close the door, pick up a few things. Jesus, welcome home. Fantastic. I've been taking care. Look how nice and clean this is. No, we need to be ready no matter what. So when Jesus comes back and, he, and you open the door to your heart, will he see it clean? Not perfect, clean. Will it see, be ready for him to come in? And he'd be like, you took good care of the gift that I've given you, your life. Would you be ready for that or be like, yeah, Jesus, could you give me five more minutes? I need to say a repentant prayer because I'm, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z. It's too late. That's why we need to open the door. So if you are not a believer of Jesus Christ, you cannot wait till tomorrow. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ and you have some junk that you need to get cleaned up in your life, don't wait. He's coming back soon. He's coming back soon. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 through 14, it talks about we need to be actively cleaning out the inside. So I'm going to read this real quick, and then we're going to go into the last, um, last idea. It says there, Therefore, be what? Imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. So this is what we need to be doing and being prepared and actively cleaning the inside of us and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice. But the sexual immoral and all impurities and covetousness must not even be named among you. You got it? He's coming back, and may it be said of you and me that this doesn't even exist in our life. Why? Because we're actively preparing for Jesus' return, and we're flushing out through the power of the Holy Spirit the junk that's in our life so that when he comes, we're actively ready. So, I'm not perfect, but I've done the best that I can to clean up my inside for you to return. As proper among saints... Let there be no, no filth, filthiness, no foolish talk, no crude joking, which, which are out of place. But instead, let there be what? Let there be what? Let there be what? How many times do we walk around in a, um, a muddled mess? Because things aren't going great. No. What should we do? Thank you, God, for the manure we get to walk in. That's the mindset that we need to have until he comes. For you may be sure that anyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetousness, that is adulter, adulter um, idler, has what? Has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon those sons, daughters of disobedience. Therefore, do not partner with them. Do not what? Partner with Christ, not the evil. Do not even partner with them. For at one time you were in darkness. That's what you used to be. But now, everybody say but now. This is but now. This is the anticipation. But this is who I am now. You are what? 
You are in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of the what? Light. For the fruit of light is found in all the good and the right and true. We talked about this. Keep your clothes on. Be ready and keep the light what? Burning. So let the light of Jesus be in your life. Be children of light. Be children of light that is so beautiful to the world and ultimately to God. Take no part and, and do not and, and try to discern what the what is pleasing um, to the Lord. Take no part of the un, unfruitful work of darkness, but instead what? Expose them. Expose the things in your life and others. For it is shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret. For when anything, for but when anything is exposed by the what? This is the reason why we keep the light on of the gospel in our life, so that the Holy Spirit will be shining that that issue of of porn or lying or gossip or slander, or whatever, or doubt or whatever, shining and says, like, I got it, I see it. Now help me. Help me in this it'll become visible for anything that becomes visible is light therefore everybody say therefore therefore it says awake wake up let the light shine O sleeper and arise from the dead and christ will what shine in you oh i just wrote this down do not be caught with your pants down Seriously, do not be caught with your pants down of sin. Listen to me. You, if you're sinning and you're not doing the things that are right in God's, God's eyes and you're not being holy as Christ is holy, when Christ comes, you're going to be like, just wait. I've got my pants down. Let me get my loins up. Let me shine brightly for the glory of God. Oh, church, what are you doing in secret that if Jesus comes back at this very second, he will be disappointed. Let the light of the Holy Spirit shining in our hearts right now illuminate the sin that's in our life. But also, this light is what we need to do to make sure that we're actively, actively inviting other potential servants that belong to the Master to join the welcoming party by keeping the light on. This is called evangelism. When we are shining brightly for the glory of God, we're working on stuff that's in our life. We're acting like Christ, not ourselves. We're act where we're being Christ. The illumination of Jesus will come out to an unbelieving world. And when people look at you, do they see Jesus or do they see anything other than Jesus? If they see anything other than Jesus, you're not shining brightly enough when we need to repent. May we be a church that illuminates, keeps the light of Jesus shining brightly every day of our life. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 4, 5 through 6. For what we proclaim is, what's the next word? Not ourselves, But we proclaim Jesus Christ as who? Lord, we're proclaiming that Jesus is a master in our life with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of the what? That's you and me. That's Jesus. Out of the darkness that's in this world. How, I mean, how awesome would it be? I mean, think about this. I mean, this just came to my mind. How awesome. It's not going to happen like this, but how cool would it be? Have you ever been to um, um, flying at night and there's a runway and you're like, there's dim lights everywhere, but you know where the runway is? Have you ever seen that before? Okay, the pilots do. Okay, you can, they can see it, all right? So uh, imagine this. When Jesus comes back, the light of him is shining so brightly that it becomes a runway for Jesus and says, here's the saints, here's the believers. I'm one of them. I'm a little bit dimmer than I should be, but I'm going to work on shining brightly because I'm always ready, not knowing if the second or the third watch. That's how we should be. If we're at work, just think about this. At work, do, they, do people at work know that you're a believer in Jesus Christ because you're shining brightly? Let it be said yes, but if it's saying no, why not? 
Because Jesus comes back while you're at work, and you're gossiping about the coworkers, you're slandering the boss, you're just getting angry, and I don't want to be here type of thing. Then like, Jesus is like, I've given you this job. It's not perfect, but I brought you to this job so that you can be the light in the darkness. This is why we continue to say ready, ready, ready. doesn't matter. You could go to Walmart. Shine brightly at Walmart. I know at Walmart there's kind of like a dimmer switch for Christianity when it goes. No, just joking. No, but like remove the dimmer switch. Walk into Walmart and say, who can I shine the light of Jesus on? Because Jesus loves you and he's coming back soon. You get the picture? Shine brightly. Invite others to be a part of this. Oh, and then lastly, expect a blessing. We all asked the question early, do you want to be blessed by Jesus? I do too. Expect a blessing. As we're anticipating Jesus, we're expecting the, the, the banquet. And this banquet is when Jesus comes back and takes us, and the scripture says that he is going to serve us. So we need to expect a blessing for those who are waiting eagerly with ex- expectation for Jesus' return. Luke again, 12, verse 37 says, Blessed are those servants whom the master finds what? Finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and will, and will recline them, that's us who are servants, at the table, and he will come and serve them. Oh, Catalyst Church, the greatest blessing for those who stay awake, being dressed for action, keeping the lights on, no matter how dark things get around you every single day. Our blessing is, yes, heaven. Oh, but our blessing is being served by Jesus at the great banquet. So, do me a favor and close your eyes. And let me tell you, about the blessed banquet. <sighs> Revelation 19, 6 through 9. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters. And like the sound of mighty perils of thunder, crying, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty, He reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give Him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come. And the bride has made herself ready. That's you and me, the bride of Christ, the church. We've made ourselves ready. We've made ourselves ready. It has granted her to clothe her, the bride, the church, the believers of Jesus Christ, in fine linen. They're bright and pure, without sin. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, these are true words of God. With your head bowed and still eyes closed, how many of you can honestly, with your honest heart, say, if Jesus Christ was to come now, he truly would not be my master. He might be my, a religious person. He might be someone that I prayed a prayer when I was younger. But he's not Lord of my life. And even right now, you're questioning if you're truly saved. And if, you're, if you say, Dave, Would you pray with me? 
that I can be the one who is invited to the wedding feast and place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If that is you, with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, just pop up your hand right, right where you're at and put it right back down. If you are not sure if you're a truly believer of Jesus Christ or not, all right, put your hand down. Lord, for these people who have raised your hand and not raised their hand, Holy Spirit, you are the only one that can convict. I can preach a sermon, but you're the only one that can convict and call to yourself. Lord, bring those who truly do not know you into a relationship with you. May they believe that Jesus Christ, you came, you died, you rose again to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness to all who would believe. And may they make you Lord of their life. With everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, how many of you can honestly say, if Jesus came back today, you just still got some work to do to shine brightly, to be prepared for his return internally and externally. And you're like, I, I, just, I just need to work on some things to usher in the kingdom of God. Raise your hand. Me too. Me too. Lord, you've seen these hands. You've seen my hand. Thank you for forgiveness of our sins and cleansing us from all unrighteousness. We're cleansed, we're justified, but we still got some work to do to shine brightly at work, at home, everywhere we go. May we keep the light of Jesus on. But at the same time, Lord, help us to be actively clothed in righteousness. So if you came today, you would be able to say clearly and unapologetically, well done, good and faithful servant. And Lord, the only way that this can and has been and will be done is because Jesus, you paid it all on the cross. So Lord, as we leave and we testify with the song, may we sing this song, ushering in your kingdom, ushering in you, Lord. And I pray, God the Father, send Jesus. Send him now. Because Jesus, you paid it all and we're ready. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Let's all stand.